This is Patriots Playbook. The legend. The one thing I love about having you with this program, Evan, is that we don't have to agree to get along. I make the veins bulge out on your head, which is fine. I understand that. I am somewhat of a football nerd like you are. Now, what do I know? I came from running a wishbone offense, so what the hell do I know? I was a Road Dog fan myself. Oh, you didn't know? Badass. Okay. That's his email address, too. Badass. I'm not a badass. I'm more of a flat ass. <laughs> now, here's your host of Patriots Playbook, John Rook. Is it my turn to talk now? Oh, okay. Jeez, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get. We, to... We, we tell him this every week with the with the badge, Marine too. Like, I know, we gotta take I know. the badge it's, off. Well, it's because we're on damn, camera now. You hit the go button before I was ready to go. <laughs> Look at this. I mean, my God, what's going on here? <laughs> Matt's not talking to me. He's not paying attention to me because I'm yelling at him, and I don't usually yell at Marine because Marine takes care of me, and he's answering the phone. It's for a me. terrifying person right, to yell well, at. I, I, <laughs> I kind of feel. I guess what my day is going like today is I'm I'm a microcosm of the entire New England Patriots football season. Oh. I just am not ready. <laughs> Do you think they're ready to play? They haven't been ready to play in two weeks. I'm getting ready to go off. I'm I'm I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm getting I'm, ready to go off. I'm wondering if I, you know I'm just going to give you the floor and I, I because no, this is your show and no, you no. just just get no your, no 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 get, no I don't get it off your chest. Nah. We, we we've had I've had two days to talk about it. On I know you have. Get it off. I, my I know chest. you have. I, I, <laughs> you're, I, you're up. You, you had two days to talk about it. You've had yeah. two days to think about it. Write about it. Whatever. Yeah. Um. No. I think I'm just. I think I'm feeling the frustrations of. Literally every every other fan that's within earshot right about now, unless of course you root for another team. Right. Um, I, I, it, it's pretty clear to see to me through two weeks that this team was ill-equipped to start the season. Now, um, that's not going to help them win a game on Sunday, right? Right. Not going to help them. We know where the inadequacies are, and I guess really to be honest with you. I think the thing that I'm upset the most about is is how could they not see this? How could Bill not see this? How could, you know, Matt Groh not see this? How could the Crafts not see this? But when you take the inadequacies coupled with the injuries, and I'm talking specifically up front because that is the worst excuse of an offensive line that I think I've seen potentially in the last 20 years in the NFL, okay? Wow. And I've covered the NFL for more than 40 years. Between here and in Dallas and in Houston with the old Oilers. Okay, those are the teams that I covered years ago. I have not seen an offensive line that is as inadequate as this one. And maybe they'll come around. Maybe they will. Maybe it's because, and again, I have to, I have to quantify by saying that this offensive line hasn't yet played a snap together. Right. At all. All summer. They haven't, they haven't played a snap together yet, Right. So I guess in that regard, I'm still holding out a slight amount of hope that maybe they can somehow be professionals and pull themselves together and somehow do this because I lay nothing at the feet of Mac Jones. No blame at all. I'm, I'm, I'm absolving him. Now, you know, did he make a bad pass that Xavier Howard intercepted? Yeah, yeah, sure, it was a bad pass. You know, but again, all quarterbacks do that. 
All quarterbacks make bad passes. Patrick Mahomes makes bad passes. Somehow he can get away with it. Of course, uh, you know, he got away with it when he had a guy like Tyreek Hill a few years ago. And, of course, that's one of the reasons why Tua looks like a freaking all-star now, an all-pro quarterback. He's throwing dimes. I mean, he's just – he's BBs. He's lasers to these guys, and they're catching him. Why? Because Miami was just so damn fast. Yeah. It looked like the Patriots – you know what the Patriots look like? It looked like in real speed they're all running an instant replay. In slow-mo. In slow-mo. You know, they're just yeah. they're doing the na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na, you know, $6 million man thing. I, I, I'm just like, I was a- astonished at Miami's team speed. Yeah. And I think the Patriots are faster. I think they've improved that on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've even improved it slightly on the offensive side of the ball. But the one thing I'm going to come back to, okay, one thing I'm going to come back to is something that Scott Zolak and I shared with each other. Uh, at halftime of the game when the Patriots were down 17-3. to So Lex Booth is two booths down from mine, okay? And so he's out there, and he's reaching in for, you know, a drink, a soda, or something. And I look at him as I come out of the booth to go to the bathroom, and he looks at me, and we both roll our eyes at each other. And I said, you know, Zoe, the best ability is, and he goes, availability. There you go. Now, I'll leave that right there, and you can interpret that any way you want to. Okay? Interpret it any way you want to. That can go for the offensive front. It could go for some of the wide receivers. It can go for a lot of places, I think, on this roster. You know, and when Mac Jones said what he said, when was it? Sunday after the game? When he said that, you know, we all got to come early and, and stay late. And okay. I'm telling you, there is something to that. Yeah. Not everybody has the same buy in as the quarterback and a few other choice people on this team. And I'm and and with the whole ability slash availability thing that you know Zoe and I were rolling our, you know, eyeballs back on. There's just there's something to this, and that again, yeah, it's going to be on every individual person on that roster. There's no doubt about it. But it's also on the coaching staff for bringing them in here in the first place. What happened to finding guys that would come in and follow the Patriot way? What is the Patriot way? The Patriot way is shut up and do your job. I think that the buy-in that you are talking about, and I haven't really thought about this until you – so this is like a half-baked take, I'll admit. But okay. I think the buy-in that you're talking about stems from the fact that you need to have a purpose as a team. And when I say a purpose, I mean it was easy for everybody to come in when Tom Brady was here and they were the favorites in Vegas to win the Super Bowl and all start pulling on the rope because they had a purpose of winning a championship. And I think that one of the things that I have noticed, and I think a lot of people ask these questions to the players and we try to put our finger on like, okay, you know, the talent has changed on the field. Like, right. You don't have Brady. You don't have Gronkowski. Like, you know, the talent has changed on the field, but what's changed about the, the messaging what's changed about the culture and I, I think the thing that that's changed is that these guys don't believe no as much as they that that they truly are a championship caliber operation anymore and i look at devin mccourty and devin mccourty flat out said in an interview and i i don't know how this didn't get more run 
In a moment of honesty, Devin McCourty flat out said in an interview this offseason that he retired from the Patriots because he didn't think they were Super Bowl contenders. In other words, he would have stuck around another year if they were. Yes. He said, I wasn't going anywhere else. And I didn't feel like me coming back was going to help. Was going to help the yep. Patriots win a Super Bowl. And so then I kind of looked at myself and said, Yeah, time to go. What am I doing this for? Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. Why and am I beating myself up? Unfortunately, yeah. I think that there's too much of that in the locker room. And you say, Okay, you can, you can blame the players for, for the buy, lack of buy in. You can blame the coach for the lack of buy in. But ultimately, this is why in the offseason, and I know people, some people are, you know, say, Oh, like all you talk about is weapons, 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 weapons. But this is why. I talk about DeAndre Hopkins and this is why I talk about paying tackles, you know, in free agency, big money, Orlando Brown, McGlinchey, those types of guys, because when you bring in those types of players, it brings confidence to the locker room. It brings buy-in to the locker room. Like, Oh, we were, you know, a couple bounces away from the playoffs last year. We were in the playoffs two years ago. Now we have DeAndre Hopkins. And then we now have Mack in year three with Bill O'Brien, and he's got Hopkins uh, to to throw the football to now. And like this is how you get that bravado back and that swagger back of like we can we can do this, we can yeah. we can be a good team, we can be competitive. And right now they don't have the talent that really I especially on offense that I I think really manifests that. And I, I have to think for the defensive guys that they do have the talent on that side of the football mm-hmm. for a Matthew Judon, for a Juwan Bentley, uh, for some of those guys on the defensive line that are starting to get up there. And in, in terms of years played in the league, you know, Godshaw guy wise, like you have to look at the other side of the locker room and be like, we have to be perfect. Like we have to dominate. We have to cover every blade of grass. We have to hold this Dolphins offense that put up 36 points in week one to the Chargers. Nobody can stop them. Tua is an MVP candidate. When they played last year with Tua, before Tua got hurt, they were the number one rated offense in EPA in the league. So this isn't new for Miami. Like Miami has been great on offense for two years now with Tua at quarterback. Right. And we have to hold this offense to 20 points. Or I we thought, have, or we have no chance. And they did, a, they did a good job, I think, of holding them. To be quite honest with you, the one you know thing that they obviously blew was the you know the 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 Mostert run, you know, yeah. for forty three yards for the touchdown. And I think that was obviously a byproduct of the defense they were playing anyway. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they're so concentrated on keeping guys in front of them, they didn't have the middle played perfectly yeah. in that particular instance and the guys got pinned on the edge and you can see the hole as it opened up you know on the replay that you know, the Patriots never had a guy in position to make a play and the guys that would have had to come in from the outside all got wedged out they got blocked out yeah and that's how you go 43 yards untouched yeah I mean the Moster play had a lot of breakdowns to it I think multiple breakdowns at the first level they they put Daniel Aquale in the game on the nose and tried to move Godshaw out to the edge because I think what they were trying to do was get some interior pressure on Tua because they couldn't get to Tua off the edges Okay, because getting rid of the ball too quickly. So they put Aquale in the game in the middle, and Aquale is just not a run player. Nope. He's just not. So he gets bodied by the double team. The combination block moves him completely out of the gap. 
then the guard's able to then pull to Juwan Bentley or climb, I should say, to Juwan Bentley. So he gets washed out of the gap. Mm -hmm. And now your two first levels are out of there. And then I also thought, you know, just to put the icing on the cake on that play, that uh, Kyle Duggar did not take a great angle to the ball from deep safety. So you, you had a complete and total breakdown. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I, I think that from time to time, that's probably going to happen. Yeah. It just is. You're just, you're not thinking right or you're not making the right play. You're not making the right call, whatever it may be. Fact of the matter is, is that as as bad as that was, they did a reasonably good job, I think, of containing Miami's offense. A reasonably good job overall. I think we also they played see, a lot of bend don't break. Okay, they did, and and we understand that. And I thought Christian Gonzalez is, is starting to show some of the promise that yeah. you know we hope that you would that, get in that that's regard. For sure. Okay, but then they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, you know the early mistakes, the turnovers, the penalties. Uh, just a, uh, the play calls, I mean, everybody, everybody is guilty from top to bottom. Everybody is guilty. And if you can't run the ball against the Miami defense that got gouged in the first week by the Chargers, and you can't run the ball to take pressure off of your quarterback and off of your defense for having to be out on the field and have to throw it 50 times as they did against, you know, Miami or whatever it was. I mean, and Philly the, and, and both. So you, well, you lead the league in, in pass attempts now yeah. after two weeks, you lead the league in pass attempts that, I mean, that's not, and, and they're all and they're all, and you're blaming the quarterback because he can't hit a downfield pass when the son of a gun doesn't have the time to throw an accurate downfield pass because he's worried about the pocket collapsing all around him. Yeah. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Nobody is on the same page. Well, I don't know about it if it said nobody's on the same page because I think they are well coordinated on offense and well coached uh, to an extent. Technique wise, maybe not in terms of the offensive line and the route running, but in terms of like the plan and everybody being on the same page, I, I think that there's some really good things that they're doing offensively from a schematic perspective, but they still can't score. I think the biggest thing is with the offense is the lack of explosive plays. So I think that... And then you take out DeMario Douglas after he fumbles the football. Yeah. you know, And, and I understand there's a lot of frustration over that because well, he's your one breakaway threat. Yeah. Well, listen, the, the first problem here is, is that if you have to rely on a sixth-round rookie to be right. your one breakaway threat, you've got problems. Yeah, yeah. You've no. got problems. Second I, of all, yep. we know that Bill has operated this way for 23 years, okay? He ain't changing. He's going to put somebody in the doghouse when they don't protect the ball. Period. End of discussion. Move on. If you don't like that, well, okay, then you don't like Bill. But plenty of people still seem to like him. You know, I'm beginning to side with Eldred. I really am. Eldred, I know you're listening. I'm coming around to your way of thinking, okay? I'll take Coach Bill any day. GM Bill? Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I that. The, the Pop Douglas thing, I, I'm a big Pop Douglas guy. Barth and I were at the Shrine Bowl in January and, and saw him for the first time, and mm -hmm. we both fell in love with him back then. So I'm the, I'm the leader of the Pop Douglas hype train, trust me. But your point about the bigger issue being that it's a six-round rookie from Liberty that is – basically the offense mm -hmm. that you are not you know I shouldn't say it like that but you know what I'm I trying to say it because he didn't have help yeah there's no one there leading the way he should be a great complimentary yes complimentary piece yeah and accoutrement right yeah. Yeah. he's got to be a part of it he yeah. can't be the lead sled dog no not yet at least no but I think the biggest thing that I, I with Bill and I, some people get on you know sit 
certain play calls here and there, certain game plans, you know, in-game decisions like the bench pop Douglas after the fumble. You know, some people didn't like the challenge, right? Like you burn a timeout challenging a spot on, on when you have a fourth and one where you can sneak and pick it up anyways. Like let's let's throw all that in-game <laughs> stuff aside yeah. because that type of stuff is, to me, like every co- you can nitpick mm-hmm. every coach like that in the league. The issue that I think that Bill is is having uh, with his it's it's philosophical. Mm-hmm. It's a philosophical mindset that he mm-hmm. would rather load up on the defensive side of the ball to stop offense instead of producing his own good offense. Right? Like he would rather. And he's a defensive coach, so it, it, it makes sense. Been, that's been a case for a long time, but the yeah. game has clearly evolved in a different direction. Right, and the bottom line is, is that you have to score more than 17 points regardless. And so and, what I'm, my biggest problem with Bill right now is, is he hasn't realized that the game has evolved right. and he appears to be out of touch with reality. Yes, and, and he revolves on defense. And he has made a lot of changes on the defensive side of the ball. You know, you mentioned getting more speed on the field, like, you know, things like that. I think he really has evolved and changed. But in general, you know, I go back and I know we we reference this all the time and so does everybody else. But around like 2015, 2016, Nick Saban was doing a a, a press conference, coach clinic, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he said that at Alabama, uh, they recognized that in order to compete for national championships, which is what they're in the business of, mm-hmm. obviously, they needed to start lighting up the scoreboard. They needed to start scoring points and having they they went from like an under center smash mouth run game offense with like the AJ McCarrens of the world at quarterback to Tua and Bryce Young and Mac and Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and Jamison Williams and like all these receivers and you know a spread offense. They're running RPOs down there now in Tuscaloosa, like all this different innovative cutting edge stuff offensively with all these five star players all over the field on offense and Saban saw the changing of the guard and for some reason his probably one of his best friends in football is just not following suit yeah he's just not following suit and they've built this defense and it's a good defense and they're going to be a good defense this year and it's going to keep them in most games but when push comes to shove when it's fourth and three for the game they do not have the playmakers or the quarterback to go out and make those plays. And that I if would you're put the play, emphasis on playmakers more than the quarterback because I think the quarterback probably is capable of getting the ball into the hands of the playmakers if they had playmakers. Yeah, I think he is capable, uh, but I think that in order for Mac to you know in order to get to where they need to be with Mac as, as the quarterback then they need to significantly upgrade the supporting cast. I'm not saying it all has to be perfect around him because I think that that's an over an exaggeration that tends to get thrown out there a lot with Mac, but I think it needs to be a whole lot better than it is right now. Well, he's, of course, uh, Evan Lazar, Patriots.com, with us at this present time for a bit more. And then Zach Cox from Nesson, who covers the Patriots, will join us at 2.30 this afternoon. Connor Hughes, who covers the Jets for Sportsnet New York, SNY, he will join us at the top of hour number two. And then Russell Baxter on week three around the NFL uh, at the bottom of hour two. So I guess really then uh, we'll we'll start over here and – 
and basically ask a very simple question because, you know, you're 0-2 for the first time since 2001. And, yeah, we know how 2001 turned out, but I don't think anybody feels terribly confident in, in history repeating itself in this regard. This team hasn't been 0-3 since 93. Okay? Since, since 93. Yeah. That would be 30 years. Yeah. Okay? Uh, this team has – been or Bill Belichick has only been 0 and 3 once before in his entire coaching career, and he was in Cleveland when that happened. All right, so the idea now is we know that this team, this is why I began this way, I've, we know this team has flaws. It is a flawed team. Every team has flaws. Some teams, championship teams, learn how to mask or overcome those flaws. This team hasn't yet done that. I don't know if it's capable of doing that. But, again, it is a long season, so I'm going to give them that much benefit of the doubt. Right now, you just have to worry about winning a game. A game. Yeah. That's all you need to worry about. Got to beat the Jets on Sunday or you're 0-3. And, of course, then, of course, you know, you look at all the periphery around it. The Patriots have beaten the Jets 14 straight times. Right now, it's the second longest win streak for a team in the NFL against another team. All right? So, 14 times in a row. You, you don't think that sits kind of like, you know, in the craw of some of those guys in Florham Park, New York, a little differently than it sits here? Uh, that, that will certainly be talked about a lot, I'm sure, in their locker room throughout the course of this week. And the Patriots have to go and play in the Meadowlands. They go and play at, at MetLife Stadium this weekend. They go out on the road for the first time after, wow, 0-2 start at home, no less. Yeah, they played maybe two of the top three or five teams in the NFL. It's possible. I'm ready to put Miami up on the pedestal because they're just so damn fast. I don't think there's there's just not a faster team in the NFL than what I saw. It's a good team. They are. They're very good. Yeah. They've got flaws, too. And I think they've got actually, you know, I can see where there might be a couple of Achilles heels out there where if you learn how to target it, you might be able to be effective against them. But that's for another day, okay, because Miami's gone now. So – how do you win a game on Sunday to be one and two and put some sort of realistic outlook into this season? And so the question I'm going to ask here is make a move, make one move, make any move that gives this team a better chance to win Sunday. So the the short answer to what I'm about to say, I'll just say balance offensively they need to be more balanced offensively well in order to balance it they got to run they have to be able to run the ball better and they have to get the quarterback out of the shotgun well as much I, like I, like i'm not saying that he he shouldn't be well i agree with shotgun. that i agree with that because i mean you, you would think that play action would be especially play action would be a little bit more effective but the problem is is that you know the offensive line is such a friggin sieve right now he's got no time under center he can't I, he can't, a, he can't even do a three about that he, he can't even do a three-step drop so here's the thing i they got to get the quarterback under center they have to because <laughs> In his first two games, Mac has thrown 96 passes, right? 96. Okay. But are Nine, you risking getting him killed that ni- 92 of them have been from the shotgun. 92. That's a lot. The only way that you can help these receivers and, and deal with the, let's face it, middling receiver talent that they have is to scheme them open. And when you put guys, when you put the quarterback in the shotgun, and you put the receivers out wide, and he goes empty, and he's got, you know, they, he's no quarterback in the league has thrown more passes than Mac Jones. 
No quarterback has thrown more passes from the shotgun. No quarterback has thrown more passes from empty than Mac Jones. The problem when you do all that is that if you don't have ball winners on the outside, you got no explosiveness. If you don't have guys that can just go win one-on-one and get open on their route and then do something with the football in their hands, then you're you're four yards a pass, right? You're, 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 right, which tells me that's why they're dinking and dunking right now because, A, they don't have guys who can scheme them or they don't have guys who can get open whether they're schemed or not. B, they got an offensive line that can't block them I don't give think, them enough time. So here, here's my where I think – I don't think we differ, but we're just in, looking at it two different ways maybe. Okay. Yep. I don't think that the offensive line issues is just strictly on the personnel. You think it's on their scheme? I think it's the scheme. You're putting the partially. Like I'm not saying it's all on the scheme, but when you look at the scheme that they're running right now, being so gun heavy, uh, being playing obviously from behind, and playing from these large deficits, but most importantly, I would say playing in five man protection for the majority of the game. You are asking an offensive line that hasn't repped a lot together, that has no continuity, that hasn't been healthy in training camp to block one-on-one, to pick up blitzes from five-man protection, uh, to pick up stunts from five-man protection, like do all these like intricacy-type things, and it is put, making a bad problem worse. Would zone blocking help if they change the scheme? I don't think so. I think what they need to do is get the court. You, you, you played football, and you've been covering football for a very, very long time. The simplest <laughs> play thing, football well. But the, 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 the simplest thing to do in football <laughs> – no matter what level you were at, yep. the simplest thing for the offensive line to do is to run block. Sure. Okay. So hey, I, I actually started. Believe it or not, I started my career as a guard. Yeah. Okay. Not a tackle, a guard. So the, I was a grunt when I was in peewees. Okay. Right. So and that's the I easiest always thing to preferred do. charging ahead than backing up. Correct. And the easiest thing to do is to put the quarterback under center, have him turn around, hand it to your two hundred and twenty-five pound running backs, and bully the opponent that's just that's at its root football right mm-hmm. that's right. at its root right and from there if you can do that and you start incorporating play action which will help the receivers on the outside get open because you're going to start pulling linebackers out of passing lanes and you're going to start threatening safeties and all these different types of things to help guys get open i don't think i i, I hear it everybody said said has said it to me already oh you want him to turn his back to the line he's going to get killed yada 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 when you have that pause as a defense and that conflict of a, as a defense of is this runner pass Th- those guys uh, on the edges and stuff like that aren't pinning their ears they back. can't set that's right they can't get set they can't come after you until they read right they read and then react it's a read and react game You're right so what's happening actually is that you're stressing this offensive line because the only thing you're doing is throwing and when you run the ball, you're running it from the gun. And personally, I don't think that their personnel fits gun runs very well. They have two battering ram running backs that they're asking to start from a standstill standing next to Mac Jones. Whereas if you put Ramondre seven yards behind Mac Jones and let him get ahead of steam. He gets a steam, running start at it. Yeah, and then he can run through the line of scrimmage. Then you sequence the play action off of that, and you start to hit some big plays down the field. Well, then the, the, the offensive line just has to – they have to block better in run-blocking situations. And They're I, not opening holes. Right, and so I, that this is another part of this whole equation to me is for two years now I have hated, hated – the schemes that they've tried to run the ball with hated it outside zone inside zone duo i hate it like 
get get freaking downhill. Okay, run a gap scheme, get downhill, get the lineman off the ball. All this zone stuff and things like that, all it's doing is it's it's muddying the picture for for Ramondre. He's he's looking at a pile of mud in the <laughs> middle of the field and he's trying to be find a, be a pile of something else. He's too. trying to find holes and nobody's getting to the second level. Nobody's, you know, really uh, springing him for these bigger runs. To have your bigger line, have you know, Mike Onweno, these guys get on a double team, pull the guard through, and and hit somebody, mm-hmm. and hit somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we can get, you know, how many times have we seen? them run play action where they pull the guard and then that gets the linebackers to bite up and then they hit the crossing routes behind the linebacker level right like that's a staple patriot play those are the things that you do now when you get into you know passing situations it's not as it's not as big of a tell that right now when they're in the gun they're throwing when they're in the in the under center they're running like that that's they're predictable they're one-dimensional you can't play football like that. And a big part of it is because they're getting into these big deficits and they have to throw from behind to get back in the game. So you got to, in some ways, simplify it, right? Like get back to basics. So can I answer my own question then based on what you just yeah. said? You know, Yeah, I agree with you. They have to be balanced. I, I want them to throw a changeup. I'm going to use a baseball terminology. Along what you just said, they've got to change it up. They can't be predictable. However they do that is fine, but they yeah. have to keep the Jets – guessing at what's coming next yeah if they do that i think they got a shot to win the game now the jets are have really good personnel okay we know that you know they've got elites at at some of the quality positions you go up and down you certainly can say well quarterback right now is a little questionable but you know and they seem to have this you know zach wilson seems to have this phobia against new england especially but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, I actually believe it or not think that this is a, an emotional disadvantage for the Jets because of the winning streak uh, and because of the mastery that the Patriots have had over them. Will it end someday? Sure it will. Could end this Sunday. But if you can actually keep the Jets, as you suggest already, reading and then reacting rather than pinning their ears back and getting after it, that's where you can beat them. Yeah, and just quickly – uh, because uh, you know, I know Zach is waiting. You can also off play action, and I I don't love it with Mac Jones. I don't think that he's a natural bootleg passer, but you can move the pocket a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Which will help the line also, right? Like if you just sure you can, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we've seen actually, it, it, it looks like he's out of character, but he's actually had success moving the pocket. Yeah. So if you can, you know, they were really successful. And this is this is the sequence that really drove me crazy on Sunday night. The very first drive of the third quarter, second half for the Patriots, they ran three successful plays in a row from under center. Mm-hmm. They tossed it to Ramondre. Uh, they threw, like, a couple quick hitters out to Devontae Parker. And they and they had a sneak in there, too, that gained four yards to move. They were moving the ball, is my point, mm-hmm. from under center. Mm-hmm. And they kept on showing this toss scheme where they are going to motion the tight end across, add the blocker on, and toss it out to Ramondre. Why, where's the bootleg, right? Like, that's the whole point, you know? <laughs> like, you're, you're setting it up, you're setting it up, you're setting it up, and all I'm keep waiting for is, all right, well, let's fake the toss, let's boot the quarterback, and then let's hit the crosser coming the other direction, and it never came. And that's those are the types of things that really help offensive lines. Like, you talk about these Shanahan schemes and stuff like that and what makes them so good. The bootlegs basically are offensive line proof. 
Like, if you move the pocket that way, you don't need the offensive line to block anybody, like, straight up one-on-one. When you put the quarterback in shotgun, it's all on the five guys to keep him protected. All right, I'll start. Malik, Malik, Malik. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Evan, I always appreciate you, man. Thank Anytime. you. Anytime. All right. Uh, he's going to get off to practice and the uh, locker room interviews that are coming up. Uh, Evan Lazara is a big part of our program here each and every Wednesday that we bring it on. Let's move now to Zach Cox, who covers the Patriots uh, for Nesson and Nesson.com, who's also a regular contributor in here you know, on the playbook. Zach, I, I don't know if you share or even you care to share the, the frustration of Patriots Nation. I think that they've seen thus far through two weeks – I'm not completely um, sold that this team is out of it yet, but I'd have to say they are a strong trend in that direction. Yeah, the trend certainly uh, isn't moving in the direction that you would want if you're a Patriots fan. Uh, I'm of the mind, too, that I don't think that this is a lost season or a terrible team or, or a team that's going to be completely out of the mix by October or anything like that. I feel like you look at what happened to them in these first two games and you can see some pretty clear fixes. Uh, I think they need to get healthy on the offensive line. Uh, I think they need to get some consistency up front there. Uh, And I think if they can do that, it's going to fix a lot of the issues that they have had. And I mean, the fact that they, these two losses have come to two of the better teams in the NFL, if you're taking a, a glass half full approach here, yeah, we said uh, that a little while ago. We said I thought, you know, the way that Miami looked—that's the fastest team I've seen in the NFL in a long, long time, maybe even ever. With some of their their actual were, foot they speed, were yeah, they really—they're they're an impressive team. They've they're got, much better they've than I thought they were. Talent. Yeah, yep, yep. I was actually I was very impressed with with the scheming and game planning yep. from, from Mike McDaniel. I agree with you. So if if you come into the season, I just wish uh, he wasn't. I wish they, McDaniel wasn't so young and snotty looking. <laughs> I know. It definitely uh, paints them in a, diff- a bit of a different light. Yeah, if yeah. you came into this season saying, all right, you're going to lose to the Philadelphia Eagles by five, and you're going to lose to the Miami Dolphins by seven, and you're going to have a chance to beat both of these teams late, I think a lot of fans would have taken that. Probably would have said, eh, did, okay, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. They said, okay, yeah, that's fine. That yeah, sounds about right. 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 Uh, but the fact that they did happen in quick succession at the beginning of the season, and they really followed basically the exact same script. It's of because of the self-inflicted wounds, that, though, Zach, yeah. right? I mean, they, It's the self-inflicted wounds. It's, yeah. It's two games. I mean, especially the Eagles game. But you can argue that the Patriots should have won both of these games. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that definitely raises the frustration level, especially since their margin for error overall in the AFC slim. is much, much, much slimmer than slim. it used to be. Way, way slim. But that's the thing that's maddening, you know, and that's why yep. we wonder about, well, who's committed in this locker room? And then we hear Mac Jones say what he said, you know, about staying, you know, arriving early and staying late. And and, and I was relating to uh, you know, Evan just a, a short while ago, halftime of the game uh, on Sunday night, you know, in the uh, broadcast booth downstairs, I, I locked eyes with Scott Zolak, and he locked eyes back with me, and I said, you know, the best ability I think this team has, and Zolak stopped me, and he said, availability. Hmm. And yeah. so no. I, I'm, I'm just telling you that that's the mindset. I'm that, That's the no, mindset. It's true, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that they haven't been able to have the – I mean, I think it goes back to that on the offensive line, which was, is what I was saying earlier, the, the fact that they – Basically, four out of the five, it is four out of the, out of the five guys that were starting on the O line in this game 
either did not practice with the team at all in training camp or practiced very little. Yeah, uh, you see of course. Marion Lowe got there right before cutdown day. Right. Uh, Owenu and Anderson both missed the entire summer. Strange missed almost the entire summer. Uh, and that was showing. I mean, the Patriots have not played well up front, especially in this game. I think they were worse uh, against the Dolphins than they were against Philadelphia, which was a little surprising mm-hmm. based on uh, the caliber of opponent there. But that's really what's kind of hamstringing this offense, poor offensive line play and these early turnovers that are putting them into these early holes that the Patriots, I mean, they haven't been for years, but they're not a team that's built to overcome a 14-point half or halftime deficit uh, and win in a shootout in the fourth quarter. They just they have not been that well, Tom Brady left. Yeah, and so that, they that, desperately need to avoid these kind of early holes that they've been getting themselves into. Yeah, and I think that leads directly to, you know, people being critical you know, of Bill for not, you know, moving along because he, you know, he's still playing, he's still coaching, he's still building a team like he still had the greatest quarterback of all time under center, and he doesn't have that. And so the frustration yeah. here is that you haven't seen enough adjustment when he's still trying to coach the way that he knows how to coach best and has done so for a number of years. But be that as it may, the, the question really today, Zach, is how do you win a game? And it has to start this Sunday with the Jets. I think before the season started, we all looked at the first four games of the schedule and we said, look, 1-3 and three and 0-4 and is quite likely or certainly very probable. And you know what? They're on track for that. So everybody was right in that regard. But it's the way that they've lost, as you suggested, it's the way they've lost and the fact that they've had opportunities on the final possession of the game to match the team or even beat the team, and they couldn't come through in the clutch, and it's because you don't have, you know, Captain Tom at the helm. So, you know, we want a little bit of the past, and yet we have to realize we got none of the past, and that's part of the issue here. How do you win a game? What What is one move that this team can make to win a game this next Sunday? Yeah, I think some of that speaks to the roster construction that, that Bill Belichick did. Over the summer, I mean, what they did at offensive tackle, basically just bringing in a couple of mid-level veterans, uh, and then their big move at wide receiver mm-hmm. was Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think has been a pretty significant disappointment, at least through these first two weeks. Um, the it's been Bill Belichick's strategy for years and years, try to kind of win on the margins, get these uh, mid-level guys uh, that other teams don't want to overpay and be able to win with that. That worked with Tom Brady. It obviously doesn't work nearly as well yeah. uh, in this current uh, yeah. Patriots climate. But, I mean, I think this is a game that the Patriots should win relatively easily as long as they don't just, like, basically I think they have to lose this game for them to lose this game, as dumb as that sounds. I think they need <laughs> – uh, a bunch of dumb turnovers. They need some just, just like, uh, just the kind of mistakes that we've seen from them. I, I think from a talent perspective, obviously, uh, that Jets defense is good. There's a lot of uh, talented players, really, at all three levels of that defense. But they've owned Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I have a very, very, very hard time seeing him coming out uh, and basically like winning this game for the Jets. So I think it, it comes back to what I mentioned earlier. You've got to cut down on the turnovers. You've got to not fall into an early deficit. Uh, and you've just got to play moderately clean football. And I think the Patriots should be okay. I mean, on paper, this is kind of an ideal get-right week for them. Obviously, this is not the, uh, the Jets of old where the Patriots are going to come in and win 45-3 to in their sleep. But uh, this is a game that the Patriots should win. And if they don't, then I think it's 
time for some real, real concerns about this team. Well, the, the two guys that worry me the most, actually, on this team are their two running backs. I think Brees Hall is one of the better underrated running backs in the entire league before he hurt himself a year ago. You know, I thought this kid would be an NFL sleeper. I loved him at Iowa State. And he played against, you know, preeminent teams in the Big 12. And he's showing already that he's got the talent to be a number one back in the NFL. And then they got Dalvin Cook to back him up, which who was talked about coming here, you know, for a brief while, you know, this summer. I think that's a really good one-two punch. And, you know, if the Jets are smart, they'll try to figure out a way to let those guys kind of carry it and, and, and make the Patriots play from behind again. At least that's kind of my way of thinking here. Yeah, that's what they were able to do pretty successfully in that Buffalo game in, in week one. I mean, Brees Hall was phenomenal in that game. Neither of them were nearly as effective last week uh, against Dallas, and I think that kind of hurt their their whole offense. Because uh, Zach Wilson wasn't terrible for the first half, the first three quarters of that game, uh, and then he just kind of completely fell apart uh, in the final 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, that is certainly the, uh, the, the Jets' kind of preferred strategy in this game, I would imagine, just – run the hell out of the ball against the Patriots defense that had some issues. Control the uh, clock. Against the run. Control, yeah, control the, clock. the clock. Give the ball to your most talented players, or two of them are those running backs. Uh, and and the, then let your defensive day, front think, control the Patriots' yeah. offensive line, which is another big concern. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I think this is a game that uh, very clearly could be kind of one in the trenches, to use a, to use a cliché. Because uh, the Patriots, as I mentioned, didn't defend the run especially well nope. last week, and the offensive line has been pretty much a mess through two weeks. Um, from a Patriots perspective, you got to hope you're going to get some of those pieces back on the O line. And what we saw at practice today, Trent Brown back out there, Cole Strange and Michael Wenu uh, continuing to practice for another week have kind of knocked some of the rust off a little bit. That's a step in the right direction, right? Yeah, you, you got to hope that it's a uh, a bit of a cleaner performance there once you get something close to your preferred starting five there. Uh, but this is, I mean, this is another talented defensive front. They've been playing good defenses and good defensive line basically every week. Uh, and there's some real dudes on that Jets one. So, yeah, it's going to be absolutely another challenge. I don't think this is a walk in the park for the Patriots by any means. But, again, it is a game that I do think they can and will win. Yeah, here's the thing that I think that bothers me the most about it is, is because – you almost have to hope that that uh, you know. Uh, you almost have to have the quarterback, Zach Wilson. Uh shoot himself in the foot again, throw a couple of picks, and that's how the Patriots stayed, you know, largely competitive a year ago. They had to have the defense come up with big plays. They scored some defensive touchdowns, and I'm getting the same feeling that that's the only way that this team, this version of the Patriots, can be successful is by doing what they did last year. And we're not seeing that yet. And I think that may be right at the top of my, you know, my frustration list. Uh, I think they should be better positioned to uh, attack this Jets defense than they were last year. I mean, the the second game they played against the Jets was one of the ugliest offensive football games I've ever seen. Uh, neither team could do much of anything uh, on the offensive side. I think the Patriots offense now, even with the struggles that they've had so far this season, still is substantially better than the unit that they had in these games last year. So you can hope for maybe a, a little bit more production from that side of the ball. Uh, and if you're going into a game hoping that the opposing quarterback makes some mistakes and throws the ball to you, Zach Wilson is a pretty uh, – good quarterback to be facing in that scenario i believe he's what two touchdowns and seven interceptions mm -hmm. against the patriots in his career he's just been 
a total puddle every time he's played the played against them. Uh, not too dissimilar from most of his other games, but Bill Belichick has really known how to just get that kid's head spinning um, and, and limit any sort of success they've been able to have offensively. So uh, I don't know. Again, I think this situation shapes up well for the Patriots to, to get their first win this week. Um, but there, there is a path that you can see for a, a Jets upset and kind of disaster scenario for the Patriots. Well, that's uh, I think that's sure. Uh, there's a there's a nice pathway there. The Patriots come out slow if they turn it over early and get in an early hole. The Jets, you know, have a similar like seventeen to three lead like the Miami Dolphins had this past week. Yeah, you're in real trouble. So that has to be. I think that has to be an imminent focus this week. Is look, guys, we got to start off here. We got to at least stay you know even keel if not have a lead at halftime and force them to play from behind and let them you know, have their rear ends tightened up, not ours. Yeah, that's uh, – I would imagine that's probably the number one focus for the Patriots offense this week. Well, the Patriots team as a whole, but especially on offense, is you can't make these early mistakes that's putting the team in holes like this. I mean, they've – they trailed 16 nothing in the first half, or basically in the what, the first 10 minutes in week one. Sure. Uh, and then it was 10 nothing, and then 17-3 last week. Uh, it's it's really hard to win from those sort of deficits, even if you do have a highly talented offense, uh, which the Patriots, most people would say, do not. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that got to be priority number one for them. Just avoid those early holes because when you fall behind by two scores so early in the game, it really affects a lot of the things you're able to do from a play-calling standpoint as well for the rest of the game. And sort of just – completely you basically have to take your preferred game plan and throw it out the window at that point yeah and that's you know i'd I'd just like to see these guys develop some kind of consistency somewhere rather than uh, you know what we've seen the last couple weeks it it looks like you know 2022 all over again and i don't think anybody really wants to go there and i and i think that's probably at the root of a lot of uh, a lot of frustration not only my own but i think anybody who might be listening and follows this team it, it just doesn't look like much has changed and everybody wants to see change and shoot i mean let's face it um, the coach has to want that too i can't imagine that he doesn't want to see change but even though he's kind of coached like it no, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, there is a very clear and valid frustration with, especially after all, everybody read and heard about this offense over the summer for it to come out and score yeah. what, 37 points through their first two games. Yeah. I can see people saying, all right, what the hell is going on? Where is this yeah. improvement that everybody was talking about? Uh, and I do think it's there, and I do think it will come. But, yeah, the the first two weeks have been pretty underwhelming, yeah. uh, whatever the, the reasons for that have been. All right. Zach, thanks for the time today. It's always appreciated, bud. We'll, we'll see you on the trail. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Thanks. You got it. Zach Cox Nesson and Nesson.com, at Zach Cox Nesson on uh, X.com. See, I, I, I said that first today. You like that? I'm getting there. Formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> I feel like I always got to sneak that in. Everybody should understand what that is now, especially if you're on social media at all. And, and I'm on social media way too damn much. Just ask Miss Robin. She knows that. She knows that. But, hey, that's how I read. That's, people post their stories. I read stuff. You know, that's how we study. That's how we, we get prepared for this stuff, you know. Uh, I, I just, you know, the, the question that I'm posing to you, and, and Connor Hughes from SNY, Sportsnet New York covering the Jets going to join us here at the top of the hour. So 855-PATS-500 is the toll-free telephone number, web radio at patriots.com on email, at JR Broadcaster. That's the follow on Twitter. Or you can post it to my Facebook page, John.Rook on Facebook. Um, I, I just I, I get 
the sense here that, yeah, there's there's a little turning of the corner here, but it's just not happening the way it should, and there's just not enough attention to detail and not enough personal accountability that's being held for. And I don't know if that's because, you know, of the lack of leadership in the locker room. I don't know if it's because they just don't have talent. I don't know if it's because, you know, Bill's not bringing in the right kind of guys that he was bringing in as of, you know, five to ten years ago. I think it could be maybe a little bit of everything, to be quite honest with you. And so I don't think it's necessarily asked this question, you know, when we were tweeting out about the show today, posting out about the show today, Xing about the post. Well, yeah, what do we, what's our adjective to use now? What do we call it? We call it do we X? Yeah, okay. Must be Xing. Okay, so when we X Everybody it, still calls it tweeting. Yeah, I know. Everybody says it's tweeting. Um, but when we Xed it, I guess, <laughs> uh, it was kind of like, you know, um, is, it, is it over before it gets started? And through two weeks, there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, it might be. And I think that's part of the frustration that I'm feeling right now. But in reality, we knew this was going to be a tough start, gang. We knew it. And if you didn't know it, then all you're doing is waving the pom-poms and you're not paying attention to what's going on. But you had to know because of the strength of schedule to begin that this was going to be a tough start. You had to figure out a way to you know keep your head above water. The problem here is that it looks like... 2-0 and rather than 0-2 was actually feasible. It was doable. And you could have beaten two of the best teams. And if you could have placed another 12 or 13 points in the right spots over the last two weeks, the Patriots would be one of the stories of the National Football League right now. <laughs> and I feel like backing that up with, well, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. I know. Got to play the game. Would the Patriots even deserve to be one of the best teams in the NFL? No. Even if they had won both of these games? No. 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 We're not delusional, okay? Nobody's delusional. But we're trying to be realistic. And the realistic part of this is, is that, yeah, this is tough, but we expected it was going to be tough. Is it overcomable? Yeah. But you're losing opportunities. They're starting to run thin, even in week three. This game, Sunday, is an opportunity to right the ship. I don't care if it's 13 to 12. I, it doesn't matter. Just win. It's the old Al Davis, just win, baby, move on. Style points don't count like they do in college football or in any other college sports. Style points don't count. Just win. You win, it's a road win, it's a divisional win. You're back to one and one within the division, which is what really matters most at this stage. You take your shot with a Dallas Cowboys team that looks eminently, eminently talented. We'll talk more about that next week, obviously. But you put yourself in good shape. You get out, if you can get out one and three, hell, if you get out two and two, man, alive, are you ahead of the game. But if you get out one and three, all right, that's where everybody thought you'd be. This is the swing game, people. This is the swing game. Is there a move for this team to make that can help them win a game? Not make them better later this year or make them better next year. I'm just talking about a game. The Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. It's Jets week. Is there a move that you would make if you're running the show that would make this team better to win a game this week? All right. Sean in Vancouver, you're in the playbook. Hey, Sean. Hey, John. Hey, I appreciate it. I got a kick out of hearing my uh, joke in the opener, so good job, Marine. <laughs> that was nice. 
I didn't hear it because I'm busy trying to pull things off of my head and things they don't want me to do around here. So I'm, I'm just trying. I'm just trying. I'm just a part of the team. You know, I'm just trying to get you along. Can listen on the podcast. That's fine. Yeah, that's true. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah. Well, there's lots of moves the Patriots could do this week to win this game. I, I uh, I'll just throw my prediction out there. I say the Patriots win seventeen uh, ten. Well, you, you're certainly optimistic. I, I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of seventeen sixteen. Okay. Either way, I, I I didn't call the winner yet. I just said the game's going to be seventeen sixteen, and yeah, the Patriots <laughs> they they might have a chance to win it at the end by kicking a field goal. I don't know, but I I just think it's going to be tight and it's going to be nail biting and sweaty palm time, and and the Patriots will be right there at the end somehow, some way. Well, last week what really was surprising in a bad way was uh, the run defense because watching. The Dolphins play the Chargers. The Chargers just ran all over them. They looked like they didn't have a run defense at all, and then the Patriots couldn't run at all. So yeah. that yeah. was was a big problem. Right. And it was a big problem uh, on defense, not stopping the run. But on defense, I think they'll do better this week. And my my guess is that a lot of that run deficiency in on defense was due to playing with five defensive backs. You were trying to stop, you know, which he did. I mean, he, uh, they kept him to, what, five for 40 with one touchdown. So that's that's pretty damn good for, mm-hmm. for Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that area, but, the, you know, most are went, went all over them. So that was that was a problem. But I think you'll see a lot more eight in the box this time, and they'll dare uh, Wilson to pass, probably to Wilson. And if yep. uh, Gonzo can keep him to Five for 40 with one touchdown, I'm happy with that. Sure. And I think that's where they, they score 10, 10 points, the Jets. They have that one touchdown to Wilson, and they kick a field goal, and that's all. But, uh, I, you know, I see this kind of like the Bills game for the approach for the Jets. Like the in the Bills game, they didn't take chances. They just ran the ball, didn't really throw downfield, and, and forced – Josh Allen to throw three interceptions to Jordan Whitehead for some reason. I don't know why he did that, but that's what happened. <laughs> I I don't think uh, the Patriots will do that this this time. I think they're going to try and run the ball, and you know instead of running straight up the middle, maybe don't run on first and ten right into Quinn and Williams' arms. Maybe try to go to the outside. Maybe try and get big Trent Brown. Hopefully he'll play and on Carl Lewis or Jermaine Johnson and, and try and. And, and force the edges a little bit more, try and get them to set the edge, and then you can maybe do some play action and actually have some time to throw downfield. And, and you know, don't bench your, your most explosive player in Pop Douglas. Let him, you know, play maybe six or seven targets in the game. And, and well, as long as he holds on to the ball, because, again, yeah. I don't know why anybody was surprised that he sat the bench. I, I'm not, well, you know, because that's, that's, that's what Bill does. Yeah, he's he's a rookie. He he fumbles. He's going to sit on the bench. So hold on to the ball. That's the lesson. You know, you mm-hmm. got to learn each week, and that's one of the things we need to learn. Is like, okay, you're a rookie. You need to hold on to the ball. This is this is one of the things that uh, you got to take away from that game. And every week, it's it's, it's a different thing. So mm-hmm. in the in the first week, booty the rookie. You got to learn to toe tap. That's these are things that these are are uh, kind of um, uh, little things we have to put up with from from these young players that which are, is part of the frustration sean yeah it's part it's of the, it's, part of it it's yeah. part of it for sure absolutely I, I don't expect them to to win a lot of games this year I, I you know i don't expect them to to really make a, a run for the super bowl so that's not where i'm at i'm, I'm just looking 
for progress each week and looking for them to improve. And, and you know, I saw good things out of Mac. What I, what I liked in that game against the Dolphins is he actually was able to throw on the move. Like, I've never seen that from, from Mac Jones before where he's, he's on the run and he's, he's actually completing a pass or, or making a good uh, throw anyways. And that's, he did that a couple times. So maybe we'll see more out of him where he, they move the pocket a bit and he gets – he gets uh, out of there a little bit and scrambles. So you, you there's, said there's something, there's something to look forward to. You said Super Bowl. You you, you mentioned yeah, the you mentioned the word Super Bowl in there. Super Bowl. They're not going there. Playoffs. <laughs> where's 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 well, where's I, the coach? Where is Coach Morrow when we need him? Playoffs. Yeah. Don't talk about yeah. Playoffs? Not talking about not talking about <laughs> playoffs either with, with week two. You know, I, I'm but I, I know for sure they're not going to the Super Bowl. That's not something that I, I use. Yeah. I even have any 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 kind of aspiration for I know. the playoffs. It's probably not, but let's talk to me in, in week twelve and let's see just just need to win a game they right now. Games, let's you know? let's That's let's fun. you know let, let's see this team win a game. Let's see this team not win shoot one in itself in the foot. Let's see this team play exactly. clean. Let's see this team you know play a game with you know let's say under five penalties and no turnovers. Because I would consider that to be a huge success, and it would give you a chance to do just that. It would give you a chance to win. Now, you can't schematically be all over the place, especially on defense, and expect to win. Because, you know, while I thought they did an admirable job of slowing down Miami's very, very fast, lightning-fast receivers, they still, unfortunately, spread themselves a bit too thin and got, you know, got whacked right up the middle by Raheem Mostert. Or, you know, and it's just, it was just, it was over. It was over. That was, that was a backbreaker as far as I'm concerned. Whether they had a chance to win it at the end is almost a moot point. And, and, and you can't, you can't make devastating mistakes like that that force you to keep coming from behind. That's the problem. Okay. Well. I think that's uh, – did we just lose him? Okay. Let me take that. Oops. Now I just clicked that off. My mistake. Sorry. All right. Oh, were you? Okay. All right. So then let's do this. We'll, we're, we've got, we've got uh, Connor Hughes from SNY getting ready to come on here uh, in the meantime. 855-PATS-500. Uh, let's get Eldred in North Carolina in here. Eldred, did you hear? You? Were your ears burning? Oh, yeah, Mr. Legend. You know what? Uh, you and uh, PU made me very happy today. <laughs> Why? Because we agreed with you. Finally, I've been saying that for 15 years, and my office still stands. Mr. Kraft, let me draft for you one year. You won't have to pay me not one time. I draft better than that GM you got, and you keep having me guaranteed. I watch college football Saturday all day, all day, and make do my little boards and everything. And um, <laughs> I just hate the way we are right now because we got somebody just still stuck in the 80s. Yeah. 90. Yeah. In the 2000s. And Bill is Bill. I, I give he, he He's smart, whatever. But defense, yes. Offense, he just don't want to pay the deeper. Because he know you know, if you do that, you know, you're going to have to keep paying or you get rid of them. And then sometimes the guys that he homegrown, he don't he might pay them once, but he get rid of them. And that's, that ain't how you build a team. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Dana. You do that. Well, because you got to keep your core. All right, so let's get thirty. Yeah, no, I, I listen. I, I I'm not going to disagree with anything that you said, and and you know, you know, I value your opinion, and we've been doing this together for a long time, you know, and and so while I'm giving you the the benefit of the doubt in this regard, we're, this team needs to win a game, Eldred. This team needs to win a game this Sunday, 
What are you changing? What are you moving around? What are you doing differently? Make a move that will help this team win this game on Sunday, regardless of what it means for the rest of the season. Uh, what move I'm going to do? I, I like what Evan says. Start with the line. But this other rule: if you got an explosive rookie, I don't care if he's sixth round, fifth round, fourth or third, and he's showing better than them over overpaid, then he needs to play. Wide receivers that you don't pay, then he needs you to, let him play. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, need to play. I realize that, and I, I think we all realize that. You know, uh, having a doghouse in this day and age probably seems a little bit silly. Uh, but again, you got to realize this is the way the coach is. The coach has been here forever. His way has worked forever. You know, maybe not in the last couple of years, but certainly has you know over the long haul. And so, I don't think that that's going to change. So I think we all need to get by that. When somebody fumbles, oh, here he goes. He's in the doghouse again. Woof, woof. You know, yes, it's going to happen. See, the problem with that is, the problem with that is, you had twelve. You ain't got twelve now. And I, and I want to ask him. Okay, you you said before it's a system uh, it's a system that you run. You can talk you can get any top fifteen uh, quarterback to run your system. How's it working for you now, buddy? <laughs> would you really ask him That's like that? <laughs> I would. How's it working for you now, buddy? You got the top fifteen, <laughs> buddy, and you what for the last four years? You, oh, I love it. I just love it. I don't think you got five hundred. <laughs> You know, no, I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you on this one. I'm like, yeah, I think somebody <laughs> you know, probably does need to, to do that, buddy. You, know? you, had the, you had the greatest quarterback of all time that made everything that you did work a little bit, you know, work a whole lot better. And, and I admit, Brady, Brady, there'd never be another Tom Brady. I don't care if they put Patrick Mahomes up, up there or they put uh, Hurst and uh, his, his, his coach mm-hmm. or whoever. Mm-hmm. You'd never be another Brady and, and Belichick. I'm sorry. That guy was too special. All right, you know. All right. And so, so you let we'll get back to the the original premise. Then here, you, you kind of agree with what Evan said about uh, you know trying to find some balance on offense. That's how you would change it up this week, yeah. Best you can, and mistakes going to happen. You just hope you don't make too many, especially against this team. But this team got a better defense than the one you face. Yeah, I know. That's you the know? problem. That that's that's yeah. a real concern. That's a real concern. Yes, sir. So if you if you if you're turning the ball over or you're not you know moving the ball against a defense that's better than the one you just faced, I mean, how are you going to win a football game? Uh, that is going to be like I said, I don't know, but uh, Dallas had Lamb and a couple good plays here and there, you know, and and they, and they just you know and they just got and they had Parsons that got after Wichita. We don't have Parsons. I wish to God we'd have drafted Parson, but we went so well. <laughs> you know, there's really another. I mean, I mean, yeah, sure. There are a lot of guys there, you know, that you know, you 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 wish that you could have taken that you know got taken, uh, you know, uh, just before you drafted or whatever, or or just after you drafted or whatever. It just seems like there were a lot yeah, of close yeah. calls that you probably could have been accurate on. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, you can't change anything. So nope, what nope, you have but, uh, to do is you got to figure out a way to win this game this week and worry about the rest of it later. Well, all I know is take a page out of Dallas book, get your best pass rusher, and just try to you know try to get there, you know, and get to Will. But uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, Wilson made some throws. Wilson oh, yeah. made some throws yeah, on that sure, sure. to Wilson, mm-hmm. and that's what's worrying me because that defense showed up a little bit like they did Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he had just a little more time to throw. Wilson going to get open, you know. So it's just whatever. But I just hope 
I just hope we win a close one. Yeah, we need to win this one. But if it don't, it's going to be 0-4 because you play them Cowboys. And that's going to be, what you call it, a, week after, a couple weeks after, week after that, it's going to be 0-4. Yep. But yep. this week, you just got to get after Wilson and just hope our offense just don't turn the ball over. And that's the only thing you got to hope for. Well, you, you still got to wide receiver you, on the outside. You you can't turn the ball over, and you still got to move the ball against a team that has a very strong front four, and has you know maybe the best defensive back in the league in Sauce Gardner. And the other cornerback ain't in a slouch either. I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Jets, the Jets are, are the Jets are better than most people think they are. It's because the Patriots. You know, I think most everybody here is uh, and fans would be jaded that direction because you've beaten them 14 times in a row, which is incredible to think about in this day and age of parity. But that's exactly what has happened. And so you're like, oh, it's the Jets. They'll figure out a way. And I frankly kind of think that way myself. I feel like the Jets are going to jet and they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. I just hope they shoot themselves. In the foot before the Patriots do. Me too. <laughs> Me too, because that defense is, like I said, they the weakness might be that safety, but, you know, the safety part, but them corners, they something else. They something else. You know, but but like I said, we ain't got that speed like Lamb got or whatever to get to get by him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, what, what is your impression overall, real quick, Eldred? What, what is your impression overall about, you know, the Patriots, you know, improving their quickness or their speed defensively? And, and what's your first impression of uh, the, the secondary? Um, last week? Yeah. Uh, or, or, or overall, I know, really? I know speed overall? Yeah. Secondary? Hmm. I'm, I'm going to uh, wait judgment on that a little bit. They showed a little bit, especially Gonzalez. But I can't understand if you got a, another 6'2 corner with speed, why you working them try to coach them up? But then you got some guys that will run with Hill and what you call back mm-hmm. there. But if you're not, if you just keeping them not on, on the special team depth, you're not working to bringing them up because you got two more back there that's got speed too and height. I understand they're rookies, but I'd rather get beat by a rookie than get beat by Miles Bryant. Uh, or Jalen Mills, or they've been in the league, whatever, but they ain't got the speed or the height to run with them tall guys mm-hmm. or with some of the fast guys. Mm-hmm. I take my lumps because you could only get better the following year. There's the only way them rookies going to get better if it's under fire. Not sitting there watching, they got to be in the game playing. And Bill, should, of all people, should know that. But he played he play veterans before he played rookies, and sometimes your rookies show a little bit better than your veterans. Okay. And that's what I would do. Okay. Gotcha. All right. What do you think about this week then? <laughs> 2017. When we, we get it with a roundless field goal at the end. Oh, so you think they'll actually win it? I hope so. Wow. I'm I, hoping. I thought As you, a fan, I, I thought you, yeah, I thought you'd pick an L, to be honest with you. I thought you were going that direction. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to hope, hope 2017. If, if we do more than that, I'll dance a jig in the middle of my street out here. You know, but. <laughs> will, you, will you send me the video of your jig dancing? Uh, I'll send you the video firsthand. Okay. All right. I appreciate you. Love you, buddy. <laughs> be right, be safe out there. Yep. All right. See you. Mr. Legend, later. <laughs> Eldred. He's, he is classic. He is absolutely classic. Patriot fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's official website 
for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots, Toyota. Let's go places. And Bridgestone is the official tire of the New England Patriots, and Bridgestone's tires are now on sale through September 30th at all Sullivan Tire locations. Visit SullivanTire.com for a location near you. As we uh, roll straight into hour number two inside the playbook here, Connor Hughes from SNY, we discover, is on an airplane. Okay? Because he said, I guess he thought Marine meant tomorrow for the show. So I guess we can give him to catch 22 and those guys tomorrow because he's on an airplane. Uh, and and so he's unavailable today, which is too bad. But at the same time, we understand, you know, hey, uh, they got work to do. The Jets are actually, uh, they've got their interview opportunities, uh, by my understanding as well, going on right now, which is why most of their reporters are unavailable because they're talking to the Jets players in their locker room uh, after their practice. So that's kind of why, you know, these, uh, you know, mid-afternoon shows slash practices are a little difficult sometimes and getting guys to jump on for a few minutes because they're in the middle of doing their jobs that they're paid to do. So we try to scratch and claw and get people to, you know, come on over whenever they have a chance. So what this does then is it opens up an opportunity for you. 855-PATS-500. 855-PATS-500, and, of course, web radio at patriots.com. I get some emails we'll share here in a minute, at JR Broadcaster on Twitter, uh, and uh, Russell Baxter will join us at the bottom here of the hour. Uh, in the meantime, let's go back to the phones. Hey, Claire in the U.K. Hi, Claire. Hey, Ricky. Hey, Maureen. Hey, girl. What's happening? <laughs> You call in just to hear him say that, hear him do that. I know you do. I do, I do. I, I even get Andy on my show and just say that. Yes, yeah. correct, correct. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts? What, what are your What are your thoughts here? What is this team? What do they have to? Can you make a move that would actually help them win a game this Sunday? Well, I did email him with a joke, but I thought I'd ring in while I had a bit of time. I appreciate my you. initial reaction. When you asked this question was, yes, they need to utilize Kuzeki and Hunter more. Obviously. Mm -hmm. We need more tight endage. More tight endage. Okay. Duh. It's it's a given. But no, my serious answer was, I agreed with pretty much as as I think everybody does because Evan has got such a beautiful mind. But yeah, Evan was really smart. What he said about balance is the key. I think the thing that is necessary that they need to try and do, and I don't know how feasible it is doing it within a week, um, is getting the O-line cohesive. The, uh, as it's been said on multiple shows, yourself and PU included, they haven't had time together. The, the, you know What you want as your starting five haven't had the time to build together that mm-hmm. dynamic of one vision, mm-hmm. and that's, it, it's missing so significantly. And I've said it before, I'm sure many pe- people have as well, it, does, it doesn't matter what weapons, inverted commas, you like to put out there, who is, you know, making it down the field. It doesn't really matter how great they are, how excessively skilled they are. If everything around the quarterback is coming in and he just has no time to make any reads, to get the ball out, anything. Granted, I get it that he needs that, you know, he needs the speed within himself to get the ball out, to make those reads. But if you've got nothing but pressure constantly, you, it doesn't matter if you've got your Tyreek Hill speeding down the field, if you can't get the ball out because everything around you is collapsing, literally the walls are falling down upon him and you're asking him to kind of like make plays. And I think, I don't know how, because I'm, I'm, obviously I'm not a football coach, so, but, and I don't know even if it is feasible, but it's just a glaring, obvious necessity at the moment is 
they need to do whatever they can internally to try their best internally to get the O-line yeah. cohesive, working together, yeah. stronger, just just better just for one you know just let's get them back out there let's just get them the hell back out there and playing together mm. right i mean if mm. you can get them back out there then maybe you can work on actually playing together i'm noticing that uh zach cox who was on the show here just a little while ago he just tweeted out uh, or x posted out or whatever the hell we're calling it uh he yeah, said he, yeah x posted uh, three minutes ago he just said how can the patriots fix their stagnant rushing attack and ezekiel elliott answered the question after practice today Win the line of scrimmage. Mm. And I would give you a big fat duh on that one, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, win the line of scrimmage. These guys, you know, if they say that they like blocking forward rather than pass blocking better, then show it. Mm. Show it. And you've got to figure out a way to open up some holes because these guys are, you know, these guys, is, as uh, Evan put it earlier, they're mutters. So you got to give them a chance to run downhill a little bit. I would like to mm-hmm. see more under under center snapping because out of the out of the shotgun running the football is basically a stop uh, a standing start you know from a stopped position and it's much more difficult to get momentum going. So I you know I just I'd like to see some changes. I know Bill O'Brien even admitted to some of that you know to an extent earlier this week yesterday I think when the uh, when the media spoke to him around here. So let let's see some of this. Let, let, let's let's do some things differently because if we're doing the same things over and over again and they're not working, that is the sign of not only insanity, it's also the sign that you're defeated and you don't know what else to do and there's nothing else to do. And I don't I'm think confident in what we said last week about the offense. Sorry, I took yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, I'm still confident in the in the offense itself. Not not so much the line. Obviously, I don't want to call it like weapons, but mm-hmm. the the playmakers. With it being, I think it was last week I rang and said it, that they're growers, not showers. And I think it's only been two games. I've still got the confidence that they can make something happen. The defense can be quite dynamic. And I just, yeah, if we were one and one, how would we be, we as Patriots fans, be looking at this? If we were looking at exactly the same offense as it is, exactly the same as the O-line as it is, if they'd have just had a couple of things fall their way in one of the two games, whichever one you want to pick, would we be looking at it so much differently because we're looking at that fat, big fat zero rather than anything else? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else is on your mind, Claire? Not much because it's getting really close to my bedtime, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's be honest. But- yeah, I know, right? You're starting to show your age now a little bit. I didn't think we had to worry about that with you. You're eternally oh, young. No. You're you're eternally I, I, young. I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. But yeah. I do want to say, if you don't mind, I have still got I've got a sandwich bet with my with my buddy Chidus, who I do a YouTube show with now for Pat's Propaganda. Oh, that's I great. I've still got a sandwich bet holding out there. Good. Um, for eleven wins. So if they get eleven or more wins. He has to buy me a sandwich, but if they get nine or less, I have to buy him a sandwich. Okay. So I need Patriots Nation to will for the 11 wins. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, hey, listen, I was there with you. I'm just, I'm not feeling terribly confident about my my prediction overall. I just thought that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe the schedule is a little bit too much for them to bite off and chew, as will that sandwich become. So, you know. Well, it's early days. It's week two. If it was the only the second day in your 17-day vacation and you hadn't had the best two days, what would you be saying? 
It's got to get better from here. Okay. There you go. But let's hope and let's be confident that it will be. You will it to be. And I'd be pissed that I wasted two days of my vacation. (laughs) Well, yeah. Right? Wouldn't we all? It's like you're going to the Caribbean or something, and the first two days are rain, and it rains there, what, like, you know, 10 minutes out of the whole year. And it's raining, and when I'm here, are you serious? Okay, that's, that's, I, I'm upset. I am not happy. And if I've got to waste two days of, you know, a vacation that I paid a lot, you know, a lot of money for, nope, not happy. And I honestly kind of feel that way in a, in a little bit about, you know, this football team right now, which is why I, mm-hmm. I started the show today, uh, you know, I, I guess with, uh, Grumpy? Yeah, grumpy. Good way to put it. I was grumpy. I was grumpy. I actually was on the air, Claire. You like this? I was on the air. You know, you know me. I'm I'm Mr. Perspective. I know I'm Mr. You know, mm-hmm. hey, let's let's look at the bright side of things. Let's look at the positive side of things, generally speaking. And so I'm on the air Monday morning with a radio talk show in Maine who they usually call me from time to time just to you know chat Patriots after a game and so I'm on my commute and it's pouring rain here so I'm already in a bad freaking mood right and um so they say well what did you think and I just I laid into them I laid into them and 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 I didn't lay into them I laid into the Patriots and the offensive line and everything else is going wrong and I'm just like wow I you know after it was over, I was kind of like, I, I don't really remember doing that much. I guess it's just maybe I was crabby because it was Monday and it's pouring down rain and I'm sitting in traffic and I'm just like, I don't really, I don't dig that. And then I loved how, you know, when they're done with the interview and you're still on and you can hear what the hosts say afterward. And one of the guys said, boy, he just kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't he? And I'm like, well, good to know that other people kind of feel the way that I do, that they're upset. And I understand. So that helps give me a little bit more perspective now. And I think it's okay to be upset. But that's why I asked the question today, how the hell do we fix this? We can't worry about, well, we got to make the team better. And we got to worry about, you know, the salary cap next year and all that. No, no, no. We need to win Sunday. And so this is where, you know, I'm actually, you know, I haven't had a whole lot to agree with Bill Belichick lately. Uh, I'm sure he would find that amazing. But the fact of the matter is that I agree with him. We're worried about Sunday. We're worried about the Jets. We're on to New York. That's all this team needs to be talking about, thinking about, doing about, is worrying about winning a game. Let's not worry about, you know, 1-3, and 0-4, 0-7, 1-7. It doesn't matter, okay? Let's win a game and move on. Now, if this 1 and 3 0 and 2 whatever start they're in becomes 0 and 6 0 and 7 0 and 8 now you've got problems of a different sort and a different level and i think we have to kind of hope that that won't happen that there is more talent on this team than has showed itself thus far through two weeks i feel i can confidently say and I, I, I'm probably naive saying this and everybody will go, oh, she's such a homer, but whatever. I am genuinely have the positivity, the outlook that that won't happen. We won't be 0-6. We won't be 0-7. I don't believe that what they've got on offense, how good the defense is, that I, I just, I don't know. I just don't believe that will happen. Yeah, and yeah there's going to be people ringing in and saying, don't let her call in again. All right. well, the, the, <laughs> the first step to take, my dear, is this week. In New York, let's find out what happens. All we need is a, is somebody's hot mom in the building, and we'll sort the Zach Wilson thing out for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need, and then just take it from there. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh, Lord. Okay. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> You're very welcome. Have a good day. Talk to you Bye-bye. soon. Huh? Yep. Good night. You bet. Wow. <laughs> Through the hot mom thing in there. I like that. That's pretty good, actually. Uh, multiple reporters are uh, reporting that uh, Marcus Jones was not at practice today. Of course, he injured his shoulder Sunday night against um, uh, Miami. Devon Godshaw was not there today, but it's, it, we understand that his fiance had a baby yesterday. So congratulations to Godshaw and his family. Uh, and if you're looking for positives, Trent Brown, Jonathan Jones, and City So were all at practice today after you know going through the uh, concussion protocols uh, and the injury that Jonathan Jones had kept him out last week. And that was an injury that I thought was going to doom them against the Dolphins when he was a scratch last week. It turned out to be not that way. So it tells me that, you know what, they, they schemed well, and mostly the guys who've had to fill in for him did an adequate job last week. And that largely, why did they lose the game? Because their mistakes were self-inflicted. You know, and I think mostly self-inflicted wounds are a sign of an immature team. And yeah, I know the 11 rookies are on this team that have dressed for this team this year. So yeah, this team is younger. But I looked at the, the overall average of the age of rosters up and down the league. The Patriots are still like fifth or sixth oldest in the NFL, even with 11 rookies on the damn team. What does that tell you? Ain't much middle ground on this team, is there? Right? You're either really old or you're in diapers. You're too old! Yeah. So I just I found that really bizarre when I saw that number earlier this week. I, and I'm not sure what to make out of it. All I know is, is that the young guys need to grow up in a hurry. Otherwise, it's going to go south in a hurry. Patty and Agawam. Hey, Patty. What's going on, John? How are you? Hey, when I'm not talking, I'm going to mute my mic because I'm in my loud-ass band. But, yeah, that's all right. Um, I want I, I want to give you uh, one quick thing, and um, well, I'm going to I'm going to ramble on for a little bit. That's all right. But, uh, Go. I, I, I don't know if you remember, but before the season started, I gave you two old predictions. One of them was that New England would go five and one of the division. It's not looking so hot right now. Well, it's still a possibility, but they got to win them all, brother. Yeah, and to me, I mean. It's huge. I heard um, I wasn't able to catch the whole show so far, but I did hear you say something about the offensive line and and you know as long as you've been covering the league. What have I not said about the offensive line? Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's one of the worst offensive lines to this point in time that I've seen in forty years of covering the NFL. It absolutely is. I don't remember another offensive line being as big a liability for a team as this one. And you're you're one hundred percent on point. one of the things that I wrote in was when I'm watching the game Sunday night. Well, I'll give you a couple. I'll give you a couple of my perspectives. I'm watching the game Sunday night, and I'm saying to myself, "This reminds me of the 2015 AFC Championship game." Only Miami. This isn't the 2015 Broncos defense that they're playing. Yeah, and they're making them look like it. And um, yeah, one of the things like I was I was just kind of pissed off at myself that I didn't go to bed when it was 24 to 10. Because I, you know, I've been working like a dog lately and going to school on top of it, and I'm like, man, at last, they just made it too intriguing, you know? I'm like, stop making this game intriguing and just freaking lose enough or just lose already. So I was a little upset with myself. Um, I think this week, uh, the fact that Zach Wilson is quarterbacking and Aaron Rodgers is, and I do think that they'll end up winning. I think it's going to be 
kind of like what everyone's sort of predicting, three or four point win. I'm going to go with uh, 23 to 20 that they win. I oh. think um, I think having Trent Brown back is going to be going to be pretty big. And dude, I hope you're right. I mean, I, I hope you're right. I just don't know, you know, especially with guys who are continuing to sort of work their way back into shape, I'm not sure how much of a positive factor they can be other than the fact that, you know, hey, Trent is, you know, a mountain of a man, so it's going to be harder and take a guy longer to get around him. Right, and you know what? They're they're losing the war of attrition so far, and it's only two games into the season. And, it's I mean, it sucks, but, I mean, what can you do? Um I don't know if you brought him up during the show, but would you take a flyer on Lael Collins? Yes. You know, if, if he's healthy. Cause, yes. I mean, he's, he's a proven guy. And, well, when, when, it, when his know. name was first mentioned, his name was mentioned, I think, before the game was over Sunday night. Uh, you know, then I said, well, they have to at least place the call, don't they? And, and frankly, we haven't heard yet this week. Here it's Wednesday that we're doing the show. We haven't heard whether or not that's even the case. And so if, if they haven't placed a call, it says two things to me. Number one, that they still like the direction they're headed and that these guys are getting healthier and that much closer to getting back and, and being healthy. Number two, it probably also says that Collins is not healthy himself. Yeah, right. But and my thing is, too, it, like we've seen we, – we saw what it looks like all throughout camp in the preseason and the first two games – there's no depth behind anybody. Well, so, that, that's the other would, thing. That's why I would still, Patty, I would actually still entertain the fact, even if he's not healthy. Uh, I mean, it, short of, you know, well, the guy's not going to be able to play football this year. Short of that, if he could get healthy and come back, then you'd have much better depth when he can return to active duty if he's out there able to get into your rotation, right? Yeah, right. That's, I mean, so I would still take a flyer on the guy. I, I just, you know, who knows? You know, you, you don't know the way that they think. So, I mean, all right, whatever. Uh, if they don't do it, then that tells me that they are still happy with what they have. But I think the proof is in the pudding. I don't think anybody should be happy with what they have uh, or at the very least be happy with what they have and how they've performed because they haven't performed to NFL modern-day capability, period. No, they haven't, and I, I mean you can't look at. But Mac Jones is—he's not dynamic. He doesn't have the—he doesn't have the gun that Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes has. But I think if you—if you can give him a clean pocket and he can step into his throws, he can make pretty much any throw. And I mean, I don't know about the talent around him. I think the talent's good enough to at least make a playoff run or get into the playoffs. I don't think that they have the talent to make a Super Bowl run. But I mean, they. Everything that you said, they they have to fix the problems up front. We yeah. can't block if we can't keep our quarterback clean. Then we, I mean, we might as well all just check out. And well, that that's I'll, the, that, I'll let you go, John. Yeah, appreciate um, you, Patty. Get some other callers on the line, and love you, buddy. I'll talk to you in twenty three twenty. Mark it. Okay, you're down twenty three twenty. Thank you, Patty. And you're right. I mean, yeah, they have to they they have to be able to uh, you know keep the quarterback clean. Um, haven't really been able to do. That's why he's in the shotgun. That's why he's getting the ball out, you know, on flares out of the backfield and short routes over the middle and things along those lines. That's why. Because he doesn't have time to throw. And when he does step up into the pocket, you can see that he's got a case of happy feet. 
That's they, they've got to figure out a way to fix that problem. To me, that's one of the biggest issues right now is the confidence. He's getting the ball out quicker, has to get the ball out quicker, almost as a self-preservation thing. Um, Stead says, guys, I'm going up to New York City for the game this weekend. Made these plans before the season started with the hopes of seeing a great game between the Pats and Aaron Rodgers. As a huge Pats fan and football fan, I'm still thrilled to go to the Meadowlands for the first time and see the game. My hopes now are that we can at least win this game. I still have high confidence that our defense will continue to make Zach Wilson look terrible. And if the offensive line can hold up a little, I think Matt can win the game. With that said, the Jets' defensive front is absolutely terrifying. I'll be incredibly disappointed and sad if I go to New York to see a 6-3 Jets win. Win or loss, I think this game will be super boring, but I'm stoked anyway. Please tell me some positives to look for during the game, if you can think of any. Positives to look for in New York. Um, Wow. Maureen, you got any positives to look for in New York? Aaron Rodgers won't be there. Okay, well, that's one. Okay. So he should be able to fit, you know, Stead should be able to fit his ego inside the stadium without Rodgers there, right? Yeah. Okay, well, that's one. That may, that may be the only positive I can give you, I think, of that one. I, I'm, I'm not, you know. Um, if I'm the Patriots, I'm really worried about, you know, Hall, uh, Brees Hall, uh, and, you know, and Dalvin Cook. I'm just, I'm yeah, pretty good one-two punch, I think, in the in the offensive backfield. Uh, and so if, if I'm Robert Sala, their head coach, I'm trying to figure out a way to not put Zach Wilson in a position to beat himself like he's done in his previous couple of games against you know New England and Bill Belichick and the Patriots defense, I'm trying to give him a chance to win the game. And so I, I'm going to let my running backs, and I'm going to let, you know, even though they've had some, some injury issues uh, and some issues overall with their own offensive line, I, I'm going to kind of let those guys sort of take it over. Um, their coach today, Robert Sala, uh, listed seven players as either non-participants or limited prior to practice earlier today in New York. Uh, free safety Tony Adams was a recent addition to the list. He had a hamstring injury um, late, I think, in the game against Dallas past last week. Uh, so that could be somewhat problematic for the Jets if he is unable to go. Certainly hurts their depth back there. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, you know, the Cowboys, by the way, they ran 83 offensive plays in that win last week. That's a lot of plays. That Jets defense stayed on the field. 87 snaps. 42 minutes of game time. Yikes. So that tells me that the Jets offense also underperformed you know, woefully unperformed as well. Certainly, a thirty to ten score would indicate. But I mean, forty-two minutes of playing time for the defense. If I'm the Patriots, you know what I'm doing? I'm slamming the ball right at him up the middle again. You know, you you got to give the offensive line a chance. Best way I know to get in sync with your your teammates on the offensive line is for everybody to be blocking ahead and open a hole and let the guys get to that hole more quickly from a downhill angle. Evan was right when we talked about that in first hour of the show today. And knowing that this Jets team is also, you know, already somewhat, you know, uh, battle weary from having been on the field for more than forty minutes and more than eighty, well, almost ninety snaps last week against the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys just they pinned their own ears back and beat the crap out of them last week. That's what I want to do. That has to be part of that. Has to be part of it. You got to attack them where you can. Um, you have. Um, well, 
Offensive tackles um, haven't missed a snap. Brown and, and Beckton, uh, even though they've been on somewhat of a maintenance program, to my understanding, because they had uh, offseason surgeries on the line. Uh, obviously, uh, Brees Hall has been on the injury list because he's still recovering from ACL, but it looked like he's not missing a I mean, based on what I've seen in two games, and I watched, you know, their whole first game against Buffalo, and I watched bits and pieces last week of them getting beat up by Dallas. Um, you got to expect that his, you know, carry count and his time on the field is probably going to increase a little bit this week because they look at it as an opportunity. Look, we can kind of do what Miami did in New England. Uh, they lost, I think, Carter and Williams defensively last week. They left the game. Uh, before the loss uh, to Dallas was complete. Um, that's a cornerback and a, uh, a linebacker, in case you're wondering. Uh, and I'm not sure what their status is going to be for Sunday, but if they are unable to go, that suddenly makes the middle of that Jets defense vulnerable and the back end a little more vulnerable than it was. So I'm just kind of looking ahead to that particular instance. Um, these are things that uh, you know will uh, certainly be accounted for, I, uh, I would think, as the preparations begin uh, for game plan. Patriot fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots, Toyota. Let's go places. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. It's time to go around the NFL with football guru Russell Baxter. Now on, your name is Flounder. On Patriots Playbook. Flounder. Welcome to Patriots Playbook again, Flounder. How you doing? Oh, I'm just lucky. How are you? Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, nothing that a win wouldn't cure. And, uh, you know, I, I know you have all the historical perspective on, on 0-2 and 0-3 and 1-3 and, 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 and whatever the numbers may play out. And, and I guess we kind of began today, Russell, really by kind of looking at, um, you know, whether or not you think that this Patriots team is built uh, with flaws in it. I think there's, every team in the NFL has flaws. Some just know how to cover them better than others, as we kind of began the show today. The idea for the Patriots here is not to worry so much about the bigger picture flaws that they may need to cure with, you know, uh, additional personnel moves, free agency drafts, whatever, but it's that they need to win a flipping game this Sunday and so to me having the Jets even though you got to travel having the Jets because you've got momentum in terms of having beaten the Jets 14 straight times maybe it's a maybe it's a mind game thing I don't know and I don't know how much of a of a help or a hindrance that might actually be because if I'm the Jets that kind of pisses me off right now I, I you know you got to win a game and this seems to be, to me, as good an opponent as any that you could face in the NFL if you're the Patriots just trying to win a game. Well, I agree. I agree exactly what you're saying. Who cares how you get it done? Uh, scratching up. I mean, what's a better example than what we saw Monday night? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, that game made a steel cage match look like ballroom dancing. Okay. That's one of the ugliest games, and I've watched a lot of football, okay? Uh, that bordered on being like a strike replacement game, Yep. at least in the first quarter, mm-hmm. okay? And listen, there's some great defensive players on both of those teams, but we saw some really ugly offense 
and not taking care of the ball. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, John, that mm-hmm. thumbs up the Jets' futility against the Patriots. Yeah. Is for the most part New England, and I'm and I've got to piece something out later. I've got I'll tease you with some numbers that'll probably blow you away. But, That's all right. I like it when you when you spew the numbers. I like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've got a, it's a full press coverage piece, and I just want to look. But think about this, okay? It's 14 in a row, and by the way, we've seen longer streaks by other teams. I believe still the record. Um is Buffalo losing 20 straight games to Miami. Yep. It was the entire decade of the 70s. It was like a bad asset trip. Yeah. Wow. You know? That's incredible. No memory whatsoever. Yeah. And then they kind of turn around. John, the cumulative score in the last 14 games is 410 to 153. Wait, wait, wait. Run that by again? What? What's the cumulative score? New England, 410. The Jets, 153. That's 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 crazy. That's just crazy. I didn't realize it was that really one-sided. You know, but as they say on the game shows, but wait, there's more. Okay? (laughs) And there will be more. Um, Mind door number three. (laughs) In every one of those games except one. The Jets, no, say that again. because won nine of those 14 games by 14 points or more. Wow. Nine of those, and, and, and yeah. I'll get into the turnovers later. But let's let, let's safe to say that um, there are bakeries across the country that would love the turnover production that the Jets have had. Ah, very good. Ba-dun-tsh. I mean, it's yeah. ugly, ugly, ugly. Yeah. That being said, last year these were two close games, and of course we saw how the one ended with the special. Uh oh. To lose, and 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 been the story here. And you know what also struck me about this week, John? Okay, um, go. All right. I, I believe I'm sure I was on your show. Okay, you're gonna have to say that again because we lost you in, in mid sentence. Okay. Um, the last time the Patriots were zero and two was the first year I did your show. Right. That's right. In two thousand and one. Correct. That's correct. I mean that's. You know that's crazy. I don't know what that means, but uh, well, let's 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 hope it means something really good. Like, well, they fit, they were zero and two, but they ended up eleven and five and won the damn Super Bowl that year. Yep, and and, and as we know, zero and two is you know we've seen it happen four times. Um, three of those teams won the Super Bowl. One got to the Super Bowl. So, in other words, what I'm saying is, four teams have overcome um, zero and two starts to get to the Super Bowl. The Bengals uh, did last year. The 93 Cowboys won it. The 96 Patriots lost it. Mm-hmm. The Patriots in 2001, and of course the Giants in 2007. Yep. When they beat the Patriots. Yep. The Patriots seem like they're tied into all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So now you don't want to know 0-3, because 0-3 is, there's only, I believe, six teams in NFL history. Forget the merger. Six teams in NFL history that have overcome 0-3 and reached the playoffs. Wow. And once they got to the playoffs, not a lot of success. So, right. Um, but, again, we have seen – it's funny. People sometimes kind of scoff at these streaks uh, that go on between teams. And, hey, it's a new year and blah, 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 blah. Well, the Raiders made it nine in a row over the Broncos this year. Yep. And, the uh, you know, the Niners have 
keep on beating the Rams in the regular season. I know they lost the NFC title game a couple of years ago, but I think that's nine in a row. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so these streaks have some sort of relevance, regardless of all the changes of personnel and and, and so on. So, um, I mean, the Jets, very gutty effort against the Bills, not as gutty against the Cowboys, looked overwhelmed. And the Patriots are just like so close and yet so far in their in their two games. It's like they're 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 right there and then just something goes wrong. A long touchdown by, run by Raheem Mostert and for um, you know, just the, the bad start against Philadelphia and yet they outplayed of the probably the final three quarters. Yeah. You know, just missing on fourth down and so on. So mm-hmm. right there, it, it's right there and you know, the Patriots are Listen, they got good company. There are nine teams that are 0 and 2. And, you know, we'll see. But, you know, since 2019, there's only been one 0 and 2 team get to the playoffs. And that was Cincinnati last, last year. Last year. Yeah. All the way to the AFC title game. Right. Exactly. So as time goes, well, my point is, as time goes on, and as we add a 17th game, and, and like we did a couple of years ago, add a seventh playoff team, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it. it if you can figure out this league on a weekly basis, you're better than I am. Because I mean, I enjoy the hell out of watching it. But if if you think you have it solved, um, you know, the Giants are you know down 21 points. The Cardinals. That was an amazing comeback, by the way. I, I actually saw most of that in the yeah. press box before our game uh, Sunday, and I'm like, I can't believe the Giants are going to come back and win this game. That was nuts. Well, look at Washington's down 21-3 to at Denver, John. That too, yeah. Did they, did anybody mm-hmm. expect that? Mm-hmm. Come all the way back than they did. No. Yeah. I think that one of the most astounding things in the early stages of the season is, um, now we, if we have nine zero and 2s we have 9-2-0s. Mm-hmm. You know, remember the NFC didn't have a team with a winning record. Uh-huh. Tampa Bay won it with an 8-9 and nine regular season record. And I like to point out, if you include Tampa's loss to Dallas in the play, every team in that division lost 10. Well, yeah. Atlanta's 2-0, and and New Orleans is 2-0. and Yep. And? I, I, I missed the last part of what you said because you broke up again. So I'm sorry. Atlanta's two and zero. New Orleans is two and zero, and Tampa Bay's two. Tampa does, yeah, two and zero. Yeah, in fact, the fact that there are seven NFC teams that are are two and zero for the first time ever, I, I think, is kind of remarkable. Because frankly, I, I wasn't sure that the NFC was going to be the stronger of the two conferences this year, but certainly started out that way. Well, you, and, and that's funny you said that because I heard that too. Well, the AFC has all the quarterbacks, and the NFC's up for grabs, and you know, okay, well. As you pointed out, seven of the nine undefeateds are in the NFC. You know who else is undefeated? The NFC, when they face the AFC this year. They're 6-0. How about that? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, again, it's early, but these are interesting little things uh, to point out. By the way, the NFC has actually won the season series each of the past two years. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that really doesn't have that much relevance in terms of the Super Bowl, the Chiefs. Uh, won the Super Bowl last year, the year before the Rams. So, you know, flip-flop, et cetera, et cetera, and so on. But, um, you know, the early stages of trying to figure out who's good. I mean, right now I think there's kind of three teams that are a little heads and above the other three. Although, here come the Chiefs, but a different kind of Chiefs. You know, not 
explosive offense so far, but defensively, a lot of young players. They got Chris Jones back. Um, you, you, you think about it, they've given up what? They gave up two offensive touchdowns to the Lions. They held Jacksonville three field goals. Um, but, you know, you have to like what you see out of Miami. Explosive. Um, a little hot and cold with defense and so on. It looked like they fixed their Francisco balance on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. All right. So let's take a quick look at the schedule then. And I, I actually wanted to start, Russell, with the Thursday night game tomorrow night with the, the Giants playing at the 49ers. I mean, to me, uh, San Francisco looks like one of the preeminent teams in the league, if, if not certainly the NFC. But the way the Giants came back, I mean, how much can can that build a team's confidence? Is it sort of a of a of a fool's gold type of thing, or or you know, now that Saquon Barkley is out, I'm just kind of curious as to you know if the Giants have an opportunity to kind of hold on to any of that momentum. Well, I I think they can. I mean, they played like they did in the second half, and it's obviously going to be pretty fresh in their mind. Um, you know, it's a short week for them, but I'm guessing, I don't know, somebody could probably tell me that they probably stayed out west Yeah. Um, for this game Yeah. Um, since it was a Thursday night game and so on. You know, it's totally off the subject because you and I are, you and I are, are we boomers? Is that what they call us? Yeah, we're boomers. We're boomers. Now, I Boomer! Boomer! Okay. Yeah, but we I are. With yeah. So, and... I'm going to do a ba- I'm going to do a baseball and I'm going to do a football, John. Okay. On the schedule this week, yep. we have Giants at San Francisco, mm-hmm. and we have Colts at Baltimore. That's kind of cool. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's kind of cool. But I, I realize nobody gives a rat's you know what besides you and I on that one. That's okay. It's Willie Mays. It's Willie Mays. Hey, it's Willie Mays and it's Johnny United. Yeah, I know. I like the Colts against Baltimore because I still sometimes think of them as the Baltimore Colts. I do say that. And and Johnny U was one of my favorite quarterbacks growing up. So, I mean, you know. Well, listen, there are – Boomba. I know we we like to have GOAT conversations. A lot of people do and so on. And the fact that he's still in the conversation. Yeah. um, Yeah. Because he really was the – advent of the modern day quarterback yeah and um you know it, it, what he did and so i mean you know think about peyton manning you know wearing those shoes he got fined for it remember he after johnny you passed and so as a tribute to him and so on johnny mm-hmm. there, there are certain names in sports johnny unitas jim brown that that you just say with reverence yeah and, and yeah you know you you look at some of the marks that he has and you're like wow yeah, yeah. Still up there. Yeah. Still up there in this day and age of, you know, in, in, incredible numbers. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, 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 listen, at any one time, I, against um, against the Rams, a team that you, they usually dominate and so on. So, yeah, there's always a chance. Uh, it, 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 a fumble, a pick six. Um, something to get you on the board and, and, and so on. I mean, the, the, a lot of people think that they had no shot considering the Niners have scored 30 points in each of their first few games. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, listen, Brian Dable has definitely built something there. Yep. And I know I mean, a Giants win would kind of epitomize what this league's all about. Okay? And I'm not predicting that, but think about this. Yeah, show. sure. 
two weeks after losing 40 to nothing, they're two and one with a road win at San Francisco. Which would be, in, I mean, yeah, knock us over with a feather on that one, right? That, that, I call that helmet scratcher. Yeah. Head yeah. That helmet scratcher. Yeah, that's a helmet scratcher. Hey, um, so a couple of interesting ones that I'm looking at. You know, the Falcons have started 2-0. and They're one of those seven NFC teams that are unbeaten. And they go to everybody's, you know, I think preseason darling, the Lions. So I think, you know, we'll see a good test for both teams there. Uh, the Broncos have been sort of hard luck, and they've got to go on the road and play at Miami. And then a game that, that actually might be better than most people realize, the Bills are 1-1. One and one, and the Commanders are 2-0, another one of those seven undefeated teams in the NFC. Uh, I'm intrigued. I don't know how much I'll be able to see them, but I'm certainly – I think that they're, they're worth paying attention to this weekend. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, listen, we're – I mentioned teams that I thought were kind of head and shoulders. Um, that's not saying they can't be beat. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all doing it kind of different ways. Um, they're getting – Great play, great play from the court uh, to a, um, and if it's not Tyree Kill, who last week was kind of stifled by New England, mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of big plays to Jalen Waddle, and obviously the running game will go from so on. Dallas, um, CeeDee Lamb had a big game. Then offensively, defensively, they kind of did the same. Dallas has won its first two games, 70 to 10. Um so and, and that's again, that's that we'll we'll save that for next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we will. Yeah. And, so and Washington, listen, I think it, 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 people need to be reminded for those who forgot um, that this Washington team was not a losing team last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, they beat Jacksonville early in the season in Week One. They were the first team to beat Philadelphia last year, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, they, they beat Dallas at the end of the season. So they knocked off three playoff teams. They were 8-8-1. Eight, eight um, inconsistency. It, it, they seem uh, very content uh, with their quarterback situation with Sam Howe. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. is really a spark with the running game. Um, listen, Ron Rivera has, is a pretty solid head coach. You know, things didn't end well with him in Carolina, but let's not forget what he did. When he was in Carolina, yep. you know, he, was, yeah. he took him to a Super Bowl. Uh, there were four playoff appearances in a five-year stretch. Even a uh, even a team was in funny. It's funny. Ron Rivera had a losing record one year with Carolina, and they made the playoffs. He had a losing record with Washington mm-hmm. one year and won the NFC East. Mm-hmm. So you know it, it's that toughness that he brings to the team, and that's what I want to remind you that the organization distraction um, over the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's a that's a scary interesting team in an NFL where again you got three three two and O teams and, and a division last year that not only sent three teams to the playoffs, every one of those teams, Philadelphia, Dallas and New York, won at least one playoff game, which is not easy to do necessarily. No, it's not. No, it's not. Can you? I don't. You, you don't. You don't. Obviously, neither one of us works at ESPN anymore. But can you tell me why the NFL and the ESPN have insisted on first couple of weeks here of having double headers on Monday Night Football? I, I don't know. It used to, you know, they, they were the, It used to be, uh, and really a double header. 
It's, it's, it's well, well, yeah, it's even worse than a doubleheader because you got one that starts at seven fifteen Eastern, and the next one starts at eight fifteen. So it's kind of like, uh, hello. I mean, you, yeah. You, I mean, they used to kick off the season with a seven o'clock Monday night game, and then they would have a ten p.m. West Coast game. So, what's the thought and process behind having one game start over the other one before it finishes? I don't know. I I, I, I don't know, and you know, I don't know if it's less about ESPN. Oh. Well, I think it finally crapped out on us, unfortunately. Uh, you know, We held on to his phone line as long <laughs> as we possibly could, and I think we just finally lost it. So apologies for that. Um, you know, As far as I know, uh, at least this, this is the way that he was when we were at ESPN years ago. Uh, whenever we would have Russell in studio to you know, uh, do radio stuff, uh, he, he actually he, he fidgeted a lot. So I'm guessing Russell is probably a walker and talker. That's just a guess. That's just a guess. Now, I know there have been times, Maureen, when we've had Russell on the show and you can hear the creak of his chair as he leans back in it. That, that's the case. So maybe we have to tell Russell that, you know, dude, you, you got to get back in the creaky chair. And by the way, what's with the zzzt that we hear in the middle of his phone calls? You I think really feel getting, like it's his phone vibrating. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. That's what I was thinking, too. He must be, you know, he's getting buzzed. He's getting texted or, you know, or it's an alert that he has on his phone from social media or something whenever, you know, he, you know, somebody's trying to contact him. That's what I'm thinking because we hear that all the time, right? Super popular guy. He's a guru. He is. Well, that's why he is who he is. Anyway, I apologize for the phone because sometimes I know that can be irritating to listen to when we're, uh, you know, especially doing it online. But, uh, look, Russell's good people. He, Like I said, he knows more than most of us forgotten about the NFL. And so just didn't work out with his telephone right there, and we're toward the end of the show anyway here. So uh, we'll, we'll grab Russell again next week. And, and Russell is very much appreciated, and uh, I wouldn't want him at all to uh, – uh, to think that we don't appreciate it. All right, so let me get to a couple of emails here before we wrap up today. Um, where are we? Where did I leave off? Aiden in California. John, I know I've been on record that I want to fire BB. By the way, you're not the only one, okay? I think they went on a big rant on him, uh, you know, I think on uh, Boston Sports Journal, Greg Bedard. Uh, I know Tony Maz, uh, you know, at 98.5. I know those guys were, you know, talking about how, you know, you know, Maybe the game's passed Bill by and it's time to make a change. And I'm like, look, okay, you, 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 I, I understand the need for you know clicks and, and for attention and subscriptions and ratings and, and all that stuff. But that kind of thing isn't going to happen now, okay? It may not happen ever. Let's be real. You know, we've got Jonathan Kraft on record as saying, you know, Bill's earned his time here. Now, I'm sure things will be reevaluated at the end of the season, no matter how this year ends up. And if this year ends up with the team being six and eleven, five and twelve, or something worse than that, ah, oh, yeah, then you know, um, all bets are off. But I think it would take something of that kind of magnitude for the Patriots to make any kind of move before Bill is ready to go. All right, so I, I'm not sure that we need to waste any time on that. I really don't, and I'm not. You know, waving the company banner here on this one by any stretch. I'm being practical about it. What are you going to do that's going to be better right now? Because all you're going to do if you make a move like that now is you're just going to create controversy and 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 start the three ring circus. And and we know you know that that's something that nobody likes to have happen in the middle of the year, unless of course it's unavoidable. So I, I, you know, and that's avoidable. 
I just I, I just kind of I'm kind of like shaking my head. I'm like, okay, it's one thing to criticize, you know, how you build a team, and and I think that's mostly what Bedard was b- doing. And and I love Greg. Uh, I, I I read their website often. I'm a subscriber. Um, Greg is very smart with football. He's into the the film study, much like our own Evan Lazar is. Um, and you know, does Bill deserve criticism for the way he built the offense? Sure, absolutely. You know, with the team struggling like they are, and have they struggled offensively over the last few years? Yeah, yeah. You deserve criticism. You haven't adapted quick enough to the modern game, and I said this much at the beginning of the show today. You have to adapt to the modern game. Bill is still coaching it like he's got, I think, Tom Brady at the helm, and he doesn't have that. And so you've got to make sure that you have enough talent surrounding the guy that you do have, that you did spend a first-round draft pick on, okay, 15th overall pick. And you got to make a decision on whether or not you want to keep him or not beyond this year already anyway. So, uh, you know, does he deserve criticism? Yes. Is this the time to address it? No. But we address it anyway because we're frustrated. I join you in that frustration, Okay. But like I said today, all I want to do is just win a flipping game. Let's just win a game, okay? Win a game. <laughs> it reminds me of Allen Iverson. Practice. We're talking practice. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. Um, anyway, Aiden says, these last two games prove it. I think it's time to let go of Bill after this year, regardless of the outcome. It's pretty apparent. But notice he said after the end of this year, Okay. Regardless of the outcome, it's pretty apparent he is set in his ways and only wants to win one way, and that's defense. Don't get me wrong. Defense can win championships. He says defense wins championships. I would tell you that's not the case over the last few years. In fact, this is where you know Russell's knowledge could bear me out here. I believe of the last five Super Bowl champs, only one team has been in the top five defensive numbers of the last five Super Bowl champs. Somebody would back me up on that. Or look that up uh, and send me a note. But I'm, I think I read that. So that just shows you the way that it's trending. Does it help to have a good defense? Uh, there's no doubt. I just don't know if it's the same game that, you know, us boomers grew up with, you know. I don't think it is. Uh, and, and that may be part of our problem here, by the way, because we're talking about the game that Bill hasn't maybe hasn't adjusted to it the way that we would hope it would happen. He says, when you neglect the other side of the ball, it's a fireable offense on any other NFL teams. I know it's two weeks, but we've been seeing the same movie for three years now. Brady isn't here to patch the holes on offense like before. Probably the main reason he left, because there was no help. Not saying Mac is a world beater, but the guy needs help. It's Jets week, so Pats win 12-9. to <laughs> Great criticism, and then, oh yeah, Pats are still going to win. Uh, Aiden, I love you. I look forward to your emails. Um, okay, let's see. What else do we have? Carlos. Brutal. Simply brutal. The never-ending negativity and condescension is becoming intolerable, even for longtime listeners, 15 years and running. Let me see if I have this right. Evan, you're an offensive coordinator in waiting. You're already done with Billy O'Brien's play calling. He knows better. It's that simple. Paul, your snarky Menza wannabe constantly drills the Patriots' underperformance and F-ups, but is fine making excuses for when opponents F-up, seemingly never able to link an opponent's issues to something the Patriots did to cause it, like the Eagles' offense wasn't ready and the Finns could have scored 30 or 40 had they not dropped two snaps, failing to highlight a decent defensive effort given that three of our four cornerbacks were out for the game. And then there's Deuce, the in-house buzzkill. 
has a way of just casually agreeing with any and all negativity being spouted by the crew, and then credibly adding a layer of despair that induces depression. I'm saving this email for these guys to read tomorrow, okay? I think maybe he just wanted to complain here, right? Uh, Loyalty can only go so far. I haven't missed a podcast in almost 15 years, but you guys are trying me. Okay, well, you know, if you're listening to the playbook, then hopefully maybe it's because you, you know, want a little something, something different. I, I don't know. I mean, we try to present somewhat of a balanced point of view here, which is why we talk about the opponent with, you know, people who cover the opponents. You know, we try to get a larger, bigger picture perspective around the league with a guy like Russell, you know, that can provide some historical perspective as well. And then, you know, Evan is really good at watching the game film. And, and look, I know Mac Jones derided him, joked with him a couple of weeks ago about calling him a de facto, I think, offensive coordinator. Evan's a smart kid. He's a smart kid. I'll give him, I'm going to give him his due. That's why I like having him on the show. It's why I liked having Eric on the show a few years ago. Eric's smart. Eric's intelligent. Eric saw things that maybe sometimes go over our heads. And I think Evan is that same kind of guy. Now, Evan and Eric are two different people, but I want people who can add value to the thought process here, not only about the Patriots, but about football, about the NFL, about the league as a whole. And I think those guys can do that. You don't have to agree with them. And you don't have to like their constant, as you put it, you know, whining or negativity. You don't have to like that. Tell them. Tell them. Today's the first day, I can remember in a long time, that I started out negatively. But I was upset and angry and disappointed, like many of you are. I, you know, And I think we, you know, look – Sometimes we get so close to the forest, we can't see the trees, right? And I think that's part of the problem that I'm having here. So I think we need to take a step back, and that's why I wanted to look at, like, let's just talk about winning a game. Let's not look at the big picture. We know that there are issues with this team and the way that it's put together and coached and yada, yada. Okay, what? There's nothing we can do about that right now. Let's be real. You can't do anything about that now. There is a time and a place for that kind of change. It isn't now. It's Jets week. You got to beat the Jets on Sunday. You beat the Jets on Sunday, you flip the script a bit on this season. It gives you some hope. It gives you something to look forward to. It gives you maybe a, a, a theoretical shot against the Cowboys. Whatever it may be, but it flips it. And that's what this team needs right now as of this moment. They need a change of course. Let's see if they can own up to it. You want to host the perfect game day? Why not bring the tailgate home with a stylish dining set from Bob's Discount Furniture? We promise you that the dancing Bob will not go in behind you and make funny faces at you like he does when Paul Perillo is doing the preseason football games. Uh, with expandable options, dining, and counter heights, and tons of styles to choose from, you'll score big when you shop at Bob's, the official store, furniture store of the New England Patriots. Okay. Thank you, Bob's. We love you. Um, we even like Balloon Bob. I like Balloon Bob. He's, Balloon Bob is funny. Okay? I'm sure kids love Balloon Bob, too, when they go to the store and they get all that free stuff. Right? They do. They get a, they get a lot of free stuff. All right. Our thanks to uh, Zach Cox and to Evan Lazar and to Russell Baxter for joining us in the program today. Thanks for taking the time to tune in. Uh, thanks for putting it together, Marine. Um, next Wednesday, same patch time, same patch channel, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we'll sort of relive 
what the Patriots experienced Sunday at the Meadowlands against the Jets. And we turn the page to the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. What kind of change are we going to see over the next seven days of the fortunes of this team and this franchise? Could be significant. But whichever way it goes, we'll be here for it. See you. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.